Shout amen in the house. Come on, shout amen in the house. Shout amen in the house. It's a happy new year, as we said. What a great opportunity that we have. And as DJ mentioned, most of us, if not all of us, go into a new year with resolutions. We go into a new year with intentions, things that we want to do. I remember last year I went into 2015 and my goal was that my chest would stick out further than my gut. I'm kind of halfway there, didn't quite make there you go. I made it. I made it. And, uh, but, you know, it's great to have intentions and it's great to have goals. But unfortunately for many of us, those intentions and those resolutions burn out really quick. Come on, the gym membership is good for a year, but we only use it for three weeks. And the rest of the year we complain about having to pay because we signed a contract because this year it's going to be different. Come on, we're not interested in resolutions or intentions. We want this to be your year of action and purpose. Do I hear an amen in the house? And that's our thought for 2016. We're going to begin next Sunday as we look at a year of purpose, living by purpose, living with purpose, in the purpose that God has. Your perfect place, finding that great, just that place where you can just function and unction. Because too many of us are living just by accident. We're stumbling on blessings. We're stumbling upon things. And I don't want that to be the way we live. I want us each and every day to live a fulfilling life that is going to fulfill the purpose. How many believes that God has a divine purpose for your life? Whether you believe it or not, put your hand up because he does. God has a purpose for your life. And over this month, we're going to help you to discover that. And we'll talk more about that next week. But let me say this. I want nothing of my life to become by chance. I want my life to function in complete purpose. I want things to happen in my life. Why? Because I'm in the right place doing the right thing being the right parent, father, husband, come on, pastor, friend that I need to be. So a new year, new seasons, new opportunities, fresh start. And guess what? First message. This is the first message of the new year. So how do we begin a new year? Here's how we begin. The way we intend to finish it. The way we intend to live it, what we intend to do. And that's why today we're talking about vision. Say with me, vision. Vision. The Bible says without vision, the people perish. One translation says without vision, people cast off restraint. They run out of control. They are disorderly in their life. We believe in vision here and we believe that you play an important part because without you, vision is just an idea. 
We can talk about what we want to do. We can talk about what we want to accomplish. But without your involvement, without you engaging, vision is just an idea. But with you, it becomes a reality. You put the hands and feet to everything that God has. And God has given us great vision for this year. He hasn't given it all to us, but He's given enough to us that we can begin to run in that. And as we run, we're going to see God opening up more and more and more and more. So here's the vision that we have for Heartsease Family Life Church. Here's the vision that we have for your life. Are you ready? Make space for God to fill. That's our goal for this year. We're going to make space in order for God to fill. Come on, we're going to believe this. The more space we create for God, the greater He is going to come in and fill that. Listen to this scripture and follow along with me. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says these words, Therefore, we also. I like how it begins, what it implies there. It says, really, none of us are excluded from this instruction. You ready? Therefore, me also. It's for you, for my family also, for my finances, for my year. Therefore, this is for me. Are you getting that? That's what the passage is saying. This is for your life. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The thought is those who have made it, those who are in heaven, those who are cheering us on, those of the faith in the Word of God who have made it, they're cheering us on. Our family members, friends who have gone on before us, they are cheering us on. They're the cloud of witnesses. But I also want to think of it this way. I'm surrounded with a cloud of witnesses every day. I'm surrounded with people who are searching for Jesus every day. And what is my responsibility? To be the witness, to tell the story of Jesus so I can bring life to them. So thank God for those who have gone on, those who are cheering us on. But we also need to be a witness to others around us that need to know God. Do I hear an amen? So let us lay aside. Here's the key. If we're going to be the witness, if we're going to make space for God, if this is going to be our year The Word of God tells us what we must do. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, the race of purpose, the life, the plan that God has just for you. It's not just a generic race, it's your specific race. Let me read that verse again from the New Living Translation. I love it. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight. Come on, say with me, create space. Come on, we're stripping off every weight that will slow us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. In other words, the sin, the things that takes the space that God wants to use in our lives and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In other words, let us run and maintain the course. We're not talking about a quick sprint out of the blocks and then we get tired and we get weary. We all get tired and we get weary. But guess what? In that place, God says His strength is made perfect that we can keep going to fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for our lives. 
But in order for us to live like that, I think every one of us would have to agree we need to live differently from what we did last year. Living differently to what we did last year. I want to give you all an illustration, if I may, this morning. Just a simple illustration. I'm going to draw a picture that's going to represent your life, okay? That's every one of our lives, okay? As we look at our lives, I wonder what we could say of 2015. I wonder what we could say of how much space we created in our life in order for God to fill. Maybe for some of us it was just a little because we were carrying a lot of things. Maybe for some of us it's a little bit more. But I wonder realistically, how much space do you think and believe that you created in your life for God to fill? Because you know what? It's so easy to fill our lives up. And we've got to identify the things of our life that are taking the space. Because see all this here? This is taking space away from God. This is something that God cannot... Oh, thank God that God's in my life and I have a bit of God. But how much more of God do we need to have in our lives? So much more. And for so many of us, you know what that space looks like? That space is wrong time management. Anyone need any help with that? You just got your priorities out of whack. Things just kind of get out of place. And so what does that do? It fills up your life with more busyness and takes the space away from God. What about wrong priorities? Anyone been there? Anyone? We're talking, remember, about the weights and the sin. It's not all a sin. Come on, it's not all a sin. What we read is it's weights and sins. Not all sin or weight is bad stuff. But we've got to ask ourselves, is it needed? Is it worth taking space away from? From God, what about this one? Are you ready? Wrong attitudes. Oh my goodness, turn to your neighbor and say, you've probably had a stinking attitude. Come on, that's creating a problem because it is what? Filling a place that God wants to occupy in your life. Wrong motives, wrong conversation. Have you said wrong things in 2015? Have you thought wrong thoughts in 2015? What are all those things wanting to do? They're wanting to steal space around. What about this one? Have you done anything wrong? Anyone done any wrong actions last year? What is that doing? It's taking space away from God. Taking space away from God. You know, I've had this conversation with my kids with things that they're doing. And they say, but dad, it's not bad. It's not bad. And I say, okay, well, it's not bad. Okay, I'll take that. It's not necessarily bad. But just because it's not bad doesn't automatically mean it skips over to the good column. We can label things as saying, well, they're not bad, but that doesn't automatically then mean they're good. Come on, they're still weights. And they can become sins because weights in the wrong priority and given the wrong preference in our life, they can become, or the emphasis in our life, can become sins in our life. And I don't like to really give lists of things many times, and I'm reluctant to do that because then you can say, wow, he didn't check mine off, so I'm okay. I'm just giving you some ideas because the list goes on and on. But we need to identify in our lives what are areas, what are things, what are weights, what are the sins of my life that are taking space away from God who wants to fill me. Because we've got to remind ourselves of this. The Word of God tells us that God is a jealous God. 
God is a jealous God. In this thought, he doesn't want to share you with other things. It doesn't mean he doesn't want you to have nice things. It doesn't mean he doesn't want you to be happy. God does. But he doesn't want to share your life with things that will be detrimental to your future and to your well-being. God wants you to be blessed. He wants anything that will cause no blessing, a curse upon you. He wants those things to be removed. That's why he is a jealous God. He is envious of your success. He wants to see you succeed in every way. And you know what I love as we look at a new year? We don't have to reach a certain level. I'm so glad today that we don't have to say for God to use you, you've got to be saved X amount of years. I'm so glad that you don't have to pay this much tithe. I'm so glad that you don't have to serve these many ministries. You just have to make yourself available for service and give God the space that he wants to fill. The Bible is full of examples of people just like you and I. I get so encouraged when I read the word because I realize, man, these people are just like me. They mess up and they fail and they fall. Thank God they're examples for our life. They're not people out of reach that one day maybe. No, we can look and say, I can be like that. Why? Because I'm just like them. And the Bible gives us just ordinary people that did extraordinary stuff. For what reason? They created space for God to fill. Not trying to be redundant, but listen to me. They created space for God to fill. Think about Noah. We just read about him today, if you're following in our Bible plan, the story of Noah. The Bible says that Noah was the only one who found favor with God. He was the only godly man left on this earth. And God instructed him, build a boat. And as a result of building the boat, Noah saved the animals. Noah saved mankind. Noah saved the world. Now, was that an easy thing to do? No, it wasn't. It wasn't easily, especially when God says, build a boat because I'm sending rain and I'm going to flood the earth. They didn't even know what rain was at that time because the ground would be watered by a mist that would come up from the ground. It wasn't that which fell down. So when God says, I'm sending rain, Noah's like, come again, what's that? Noah didn't even know what the rain was, but what did he do? He believed God, he trusted God, and therefore he created space in his life that God could fill and God could use. What about David? I love David, and we're not going to talk too much about David and his life today because that's where we're going to land for the rest of this month. We're going to look at the life of David and be back as we discover more about that. But you know what I love about David when his life begins? Here he is in the mundane thing. He's just taking care of a few sheep. He's forgotten and left out of the greatest event his family had ever been a part of. The prophet came to his home. The greatest event of their family. And he was left out. He was forgotten. He wasn't even important enough to be invited to the party. But the Bible records this of David. Are you ready? He had a heart for God. He had a heart for God. We have so many opportunities that present themselves to steal our hearts. We have so many opportunities for our hearts to be stolen here, there, and everywhere. But what do we see with David? David guarded his heart. David created space 
For God to what? For God to fill. And by the time he stands before a giant that you can read in 1 Samuel 17 when you get home, David knows already that God is with him and God is going to give him the victory. David didn't stand before that giant and say, man, I think I'm going to make it. Come on, he didn't stand like that little engine that says, I think I can, I think I can. David stood there and says, I know I can. Why? Because you come to me with all your stuff, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Today, he says, God is going to give you into my hands. Why? Because David created space in his life and God took a shepherd boy and made him a king. What about Daniel? Look at this verse of Daniel, Daniel 6, verse 3. It says, then this Daniel distinguished himself above all the others. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him. It wasn't just his excellence. It wasn't just all the good things that he could do because the Bible speaks of our goodness will come to an end and it's never good enough. But what do we see? There was a man that surrendered his life over to God, that the excellence was now not of him but of God. Do we not read that in the New Testament, that we have this treasure in our earthen vessel, that the excellence may be of God and not of us? Come on, Daniel purposed in his heart. He said, I'm not going to defile myself. What did he do? He had to create space. When everyone else was bowing, he had to stand. When everyone else had the opportunity not to pray, what did Daniel say? I'm not going to change the course of my life. I'm going to keep doing what I've always done, knowing the outcome for that decision, knowing that he was going to lose his life, knowing that he would be thrown into a lion's den for praying to his God. But Guess what? He had such a relationship with God that no matter the pressures from the outside, he was able to stand on the inside and it made him not lose faith in his relationship with God. Why? Because he created space in his life and God filled it. And what happened in the end of Daniel's life? God promoted him. As a result of his promotion, the kingdom, it was already decreed. Well, it was also decreed that everyone would follow the God of Daniel. Wow, think what can happen in our communities in these areas if we'll just say, God, I want to be a yielded vessel that you would fill. So I'm going to create space for you in my life. The list goes on and on, and there's so many others. For the ladies, we don't want to leave you out. There's Esther. She has a whole book for herself. Read it. But Esther said these words, if I perish, I perish. Realizing that she had been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. She realized that her whole people were dependent upon the results of the decisions that she would make to her life. So what did she do? She submitted to God. She submitted to godly people around her who gave her the right instruction and guidance. She created space and God used her. And she found favor with a king. And she saved a nation. What about Jonah? There's a whole book for Jonah. Oh, we can say he ran away from God. Yes, he did, but he repented. He repented in the belly of a whale. And he cried out to God. And God gave him another opportunity. And he saved a whole city. Why? He created space inside of his life. And God was able 
to use him. Even into the New Testament, we can see an innkeeper. We've just talked about Christmas in Luke chapter 2. We see there was no room at an inn, but guess what? They made room in a stable. And thank God that someone created space there because the space that was created enabled the Savior of this world to be born. Think about that. The space that we create can change the course of this world. In Mark chapter 6, we read of a story of a young boy who had a lunch. He had a sack lunch. He had five loaves and two fishes. And there was a multitude of people, 5,000 men with ladies and children, probably 20,000 people of that day. That was all the food they had in the whole craft. And it would have been easy for him to look at that and say, what's the point? And just ate his little loaves and his little fish. But he created space by giving it to God. And he said, it may not be much, but it's all I have. Did you catch that? It may not be much, but it's all I have. Jesus took it in his hands and he lifted it up to heaven and he blessed it. And he broke it and he distributed it. And 20,000 plus people that day were fed with 12 baskets left over. I don't know how big the baskets were. That doesn't matter. Just that there was leftovers was a miracle in itself. Why? Because God moved when someone created space. Creating space. Creating space. No one, no situation or circumstance, nothing has ever been disappointing when God has been given the space to fill. And your life and my life can be included to the list. You see, that's our vision as a church. We want to see you individually and us together, corporately, give space in 2016 that we didn't give in 2015. We want our lives to be so alive with God that we allow God just to take the weights and the sins of our life, that God can fill us, that He can use us, and that He can amaze us. So how does that look? I want to give you five keys for creating space in your life. This is just a simple, practical message. But it's a message that every one of us, therefore, can apply and we can do in our lives. I want to give you five key things that I believe will create space. Come on, that will get rid of some of those weights and those things that you're creating a greater space that God can fill in your life. Are you ready? Number one, God's Word. God's Word. God's Word. What an effect God's Word can have on our lives. What an effective space maker for God when we begin to read His Word. Look what it says in Psalms 119 verse 11. It says, Your Word I have hidden in my heart. The thought isn't that it's so well concealed that you can't find it like you've hidden something. It means that you have strategically placed it in your life, in my heart, to instruct my life is the thought that I might not what? Sin against you. That's pretty important right there, just to think that I need the Word of God so I can live a pleasing life for Him. 
Come on, I need the word of God in my life that's going to instruct me against a life of sin. I don't want to be in a life of sin because sin and the weights are things that will take away the space that God wants to fill and use in my life. But it's not just that which keeps me away from sin. God's word is so much more than that. God's word will comfort you. If you're in a situation in your life and you're just broken and you're destitute and you need a word from God, come on, His word can give you a verse. It can give you a passage. It can give you verses that you can just say, wow, God, and you can feel that peace and comfort that just comes over your life. If you don't know what to do in the decisions of your life, His word can lead you. It can direct you. It can give you the insight. It's a light to your feet and a lamp to your path. It can illuminate places of darkness. Come on, it's a guidebook for your life. It's a manual. It's bread that will sustain you each and every day. It will bring you through. Come on, His Word is so powerful. It's so powerful and so readily available to each and every one of us. John 8, 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in Him. In other words, if Jesus was here right now, This is what he would be saying to every child of God, every Christian, every believer. Jesus would be speaking these words into your life. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Notice the word he uses, if you abide in my word. The thought is to stay or to remain. You are truly my disciples when you remain faithful to my teaching. He's not just talking about reading it here and there. Thank God for that. But he's talking about an abiding, a remaining, a doing, a building your life upon the word. And then we see the results in verse 32. And you shall know the truth. That's God's word. That's God's word and the truth shall make you free. In other words, the truth you know. You cannot be set free by the truth you don't know. But the truth you do know through reading God's word will bring freedom and liberty to your life and it will create space in your life that God will come in and fill it. Come on, there's promises of fulfillment, of blessing, of life that will come in through his word. You and I need to make a commitment daily to reading the word of God. Wow, that's cool. You can just join the party. We're already doing that. Come on, it's not too late. We're only three days into this year that we're making a commitment this year to read the Word of God together so we can grow together and we can create space for God to fill. Point number two, space maker number two, prayer. Come on, say with me, prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Here's what we love about prayer. It's your style, your way. You don't have to pray like me and I don't have to pray like you. And in fact, if you pray like me and I pray like you, then I'm praying wrong because it's not my prayer. God wants us to have a personal prayer. It's an interaction with God. God wants us to pray. The disciples asked Jesus in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus teaches how to pray. Jesus taught them how to pray. And it wasn't that he gave them a legalistic thing. He gave them an outline through the Lord's prayer of things that they were to pray. But God is a great teacher if you'll be a good student to learn. And if you will just pray, God, help me to pray. Help me. And prayer is not always with your eyes closed and your head bowed. You can pray while you're driving your car. 
You can pray while you're in the board meeting at work. Come on. You can pray while you're eating your lunch in McDonald's. You can pray wherever you're at. And that's praying continually through your life. Come on. We need to be in an attitude of prayer. And prayer is simply this, communion with God. It's conversation. It's communication with God. That I can talk to God each and every day. I'm telling you, that's going to fill space in my life. That's going to create space in my life. Because as I begin to pray with God and I hang out with God, things are going to change in my life. I'm going to be a different person. Why? Because it's not just communication. It's communication with promise. Look what it says in Psalms 145.18. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all a call upon Him in truth. The Lord is near to all those who pray, who call, who talk to Him. Come on, the Message Bible says, God's there listening for all who pray, for all who pray and mean it. Come on, we have created space every Saturday morning. What a great opportunity. Prayer encounter every Saturday morning. You need to make a commitment through this year, I really believe, to be at least once a month here with us praying. It's a great way to finish the week. It's a great way to be ready to start a new week as we come together and we pray. And if you want to know what a prayer encounter is all about, we're going to bring that encounter to you on a Wednesday night so you can see what is a part of that and we're excited about a 24-hour prayer meeting we're going to have at the end of this month from 10 till 10 we're going to be praying for 24 hours getting you to sign up and making commitments I can be here from here to there why because we want to what we want to create a space where God can fill us here's the third one are you ready church attendance church attendance so important David says it in such a great way Psalms 120. 2 verse 1, David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go, can you give me the scripture, into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He didn't roll over and hit the snooze, come on now. He didn't grumble and complain and say, oh, I want to lay in. It's my only day off. He started the day off right. And he said, I was glad. I was ready. I was primed. I was excited. Come on, I'm anticipating God to do great things in the house today. Hebrews 10, 25 reminds us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of son. We know some people who are not here and that need to be here. But exhorting one another. Come on, encouraging each other. You need to be in the house. You feel encouraged by being in the house, don't you? There's an exhortation that comes as so much more as you see the day approaching. As you see the end coming, the Bible is telling us we need to be in the house so much more because we need that encouragement. We need that strength. We need that commitment to the house. And David also loved the house of God because of the future it promised him and his descendants. Read it in 1 Chronicles 17 when you get home. But God said to David, if you'll build me a house, God says, I will build you a house. 
Come on, you take care of God's house. He'll build your backyard. He'll take care. You make his house a priority and he'll make your house a priority. I'm not just speaking because I want numbers in the house. I'm speaking because I want to create space in the house. If you don't believe this, then please find another church to attend because we need to create space because we need your chair for someone who does believe these things. Why? Because we want to create a space in our lives that God can feel and God can use us and He can move. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 16 verse 18. He says this to Peter. They're in a conversation. He says, who do people say that I am? Some of the disciples said, oh, you're a good person. You're this and you're that. And Jesus says, no, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. In other words, here's the thought. Upon the revelation of you understanding who I am and the place place I need to be in your life. Come on, I'm going to build something. I'm going to do something. God says, I will build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Come on, the powers of hell will not conquer the church of God. I want to build my family in the church. I want to build my finance in the church. I want to build my future in the church. Why? Because it's the only thing that is guaranteed a promise of protection against the powers of darkness. They will not prevail. Oh, they may come against you still, but they're not going to prevail and take you out when you commit to the house and you are faithful in the house. I love God's house. Man, I could talk on God's house for three weeks and still have another three months to talk about it. Why? Because I'm so full of the house. Come on, I love God's house. When I'm sick, I want to run to the house because there's my healing. When I'm down, I want to come to the house because that's what lifts me up. I don't want to lay in bed and feel sorry for myself. I couldn't anyway because I'm the pastor and I have to be here to preach. But I'm glad I have to be here. And even if I didn't have to be here, I would still be here. Because my heart is for the house. Come on, his house creates space in our life. Is this okay today? Number four, here's how we create space. Are you ready? A life of service. I believe every one of you need to look for greater ways that you can serve this year. You've maybe helped out. But come on, we need people to make a commitment to service, to serving others. Luke 6 verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Notice, as you give, as you serve, what happens? It comes back to you. And how does it come back to you? You don't just sow one seed and get one seed back. Come on now. The Bible says, as you give, it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will it be put into your bosom? In other words, God wants to hook the brother up. Come on. God wants to take care of you and give into your life as you want, as you give, as you serve. Come on, create an atmosphere for others. Do you realize that as you serve, you create an atmosphere for other people to experience God? You help them. Someone's serving today in the nursery. My wife is one of the people serving in the nursery today. Why? To create a space so someone can experience God. Because if we had 20 babies in here crying right now, no one's receiving the word. No one's happy. Everyone's miserable. We're creating a space that God can now touch someone's life. Why? Because someone is serving. And the greatest thing about our church is this. You can worship and serve. You don't even have to miss a service. You can come and serve at 11 and you can be in service at 9 or vice versa. You've got the opportunities. Come on. Double choices, no excuses. Come on. You need to serve in the house. 
serve on a team Sunday the 17th of this month, our next iConnect class. For those who want to serve, you need to go through that. Make commitments. Sign up today. Jesus said of his life, Mark 10, 45, he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for any, for, for many. Jesus also said this, the greatest of all is the servant of all. You and I are never closer to the image of God than when we are serving other people. We're never more like the heart of God than when we serve other people. Number five, tithing. Number five, tithing. Woo! Tithing. Tithe one-tenth of what you have. Malachi 3 tells us it opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings to fall upon your life. It enables your life and everything you have to be blessed supernaturally. As you tithe, you create space for God. Come on, you create a space that God will fill. In the Word of God, Jesus speaks three times more of money than any other subject. For this reason, He knows one of the greatest tests that you'll face in your life is with finance. It's the greatest challenge that we'll have. Don't mess with my money. Don't take my money. But what we're going to discover is this. You're either going to put him first or not. Tithing is that which puts God first. It's the first fruits of saying, God, you are first in my life. Because here's the promise. When God is first, he redeems the rest. That means God takes care of the rest. I'm here to testify today that as Kelly and I and our family have created space in our tithing, God has never failed to give back to us. That 90%, come on, blessed goes a whole lot further further than 100% that's unblessed, or as the Bible says, cursed. You can call it unblessed to make it sound better, but it's cursed. God is not in it, and God's not just in the 10% that you've withheld. God's not in the 100%. I need God's blessing in my life. Why? Because I'm not taking ownership. I'm a steward of what God has. It's not mine to own. Come on, I'm a steward with what God has. Your contribution statement is going to be coming out in the next few weeks of that which you've given in 2015. And it's written there in black ink. And you'll see whether you've been faithful and created space for God to fill because it will be right there. And God makes the math simple. 10% is really easy to figure out. And if you don't know how to figure it out, please call us and we will help you Not because we want your money. It's because we want you to see the blessing that God has for your life. We need you to be faithful so we can do what we do. But the greater need is for your obedience that will unlock the blessings of God in your life. Look at this statement I came across. It says this, Give God a tenth in proportion to thine income, lest he be displeased with thee, and give thee an income in proportion to your tithe. Wow. I just talked about tithing in five minutes. That's a miracle. Say, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. So these are five great things. The Word of God, prayer, church attendance, a life of service, tithing. These are things that are going to create space, eliminate the weights and the sins of our life that we can run with God. And I just want, as we close this message today, I want to give you five things corporately that we're going to do as a church to create space. Is that okay? Five things that we're going to do as a church 
this year that's going to create space for God to move. Point number one, we're going to produce life-giving services every Sunday and every Wednesday. We want you to have a confidence of knowing that when you invite and when you bring and when you come, you're going to get exactly what you need. We're making a commitment to you that we're creating space. We're going to have the services planned and prepared and ready for God to move in such greater ways. We're going to have messages that will challenge our life. We're going to equip you for life, your family, for service. We're going to create a place where anyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome at Heartsease Family Life Church. Why? Because everyone is welcome in the family of God. Come on, that's how we're going to create space. We're going to have life-giving services. But here's what you can be assured of with no compromise. We're not going to compromise or water down the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel in truth. We need to see more souls saved. Do I hear an amen this year than what we did in 2015? And that means we've got to bring more people to church. I brought someone to church today. You want to know who I brought to church today? Tracy. I met Tracy and I invited him to church. And it's been five months, but he's come today. He, he was faithful to that. Great to have you. Welcome home, mate. Come on, who are you inviting? Who are you bringing? Who are you allowing? Come on, as we create the services, God is going to fill them. Here's what I want to say into this new year. I want to see us add a third Sunday morning service because we've got no space for God to fill. Come on, there's no more space. I mean, we need to create more space for God to fill. I want to see us increase in what God has. Why? Because God is awesome and God is incredible. In March, we're going to help with that. In March, we're changing some things that our kids for Kids Club on a Sunday morning are going to go directly into their own services. They're going to have their own praise and worship. They're going to have their own offering time. They're going to have their own service in the back. Why? Because we're creating space for people to be filled. You can see around you now empty chairs. That's empty because a kid was in that chair a moment ago. We're going to create empty chairs that God can fill with new people that can come into this house, that we're doing everything that we can for God to fill. Here's the second thing that we make a promise this year. We're going to see growth in ministries. We're going to see ministries grow. We're looking all the time how we can increase, how we can make better, how we can revamp and do. From our nursery through our kids club, as we said, the changes we're going to be making there with the Wave Youth, with real men excited about what Jim has got planned out for this year for all the men in the house, just to step up and see sisterhood, the GNOs, the girls' nights out, the Bible studies, the events that you have planned for this year, the Connect Plus, the 50 fives and older, the crews and other activities that you have planned. There are so many things that we have in the works this year. Why? Because we're creating a space that God can fill. We're starting a new ministry in the spring. Do I hear an amen? It's a ministry called Emerge. It's coming in the spring and it's going to help all those who are dealing with strongholds in their life. We're going to be having semesters where we're going to meet on a weekly basis. We're going to have one-on-one counseling. We're going to have support. We're going to have care. Come on, these are just a few things, a snapshot of what God is going to do into this new year. Why? Because we're creating space and God is going to fill it. We're going to see new ministries added to this church. We're going to see the growth of the ministries that we already have. Why? Because we're creating space and God is going to fill. 
We're so excited for the third thing, outreach. We already do missions where we support across this world and locally. We support people. But we're really gearing up this year to have an outreach team. If you could go to the next slide, please. We're going to do monthly activities. We're going to reach people. We're going to touch people. Our goal this year is how can we add value to someone's life? What can we do to make a difference in our community? It's by practical means. Maybe we're going to stand at some traffic lights and hand out a bottle of water and have a big smile and say, you are loved. We love you in this community. Maybe we're just going to go to some daycares and hand out some care packs for all the parents that say, why not have a movie night on us? Here's some vouchers. Here's some things. Why? We're just going to love our communities. We're going to make a difference. We're going to find some tribes that we can make a difference of. Come on, we're going to find some groups of people. There's tribes all around us. What do you mean? There's groups of people who just need someone to step in and help them. We want to be that. We want to take the gospel out of these walls and touch this community in this world. We're going to create space through outreach. We're going to create space, point number four, through events and activities. We already do these and we're going to continue to do these. Great activities that you can invite your friends along to. That they can come and you can know it's a safe place where they'll be touched. Two great activities we have, along with a great list from last year, but Fall Fest and Polar Express, incredible activities that were put on by our kids' ministry. Phenomenal activities that knocked the ball out of the park and touched so many lives and made such a difference. But come on, the best is still yet to come. And we're going to see God. Here's the fifth way that we're going to create space. We're going to remodel. We're going to have expansion this year. We're going to change some things. We're going to remodel all the entranceway. When you come in, it's going to be all new. We're going to get new carpet this year. How many are tired of coming to a gridiron every week? Feels like you're stepping onto a football field with all the duct tape. I think I'm, where are you sitting? I'm on the 15-yard line. Come on, we're going to have some new carpet. We're going to have some new paint. We're going to make God's house look great. Why? Because we serve an excellent God and we're going to do things excellently. We're going to have some new walls added. We're going to have some walls removed. We're going to change our registration set up for our kids and our nursery. It's going to be in one location. So many great things are going to happen this year and maybe God will bless us with a new building. But until he does, we're going to be faithful with what we have. We're going to keep pushing forward and we're going to create the space in order for God to be filled. All this that we have planned. And everything that we are as a church is only for one reason. Say with me, for one reason. The sole purpose of everything that we do is that we can reach the lost. Every Sunday we put on life-giving services to reach the lost. We have ministries to reach the lost. Come on, we have outreach to reach the lost. We have events to reach the lost. We're expanding and we're doing things in a better way. For what reason? To reach the lost so people will come in and they'll see the excellence of God. The reason our doors open each and every week is we love you and we thank God for you. But can I remind you today, you're the 99. You're the 99 that are saved. And Jesus left the 99 to go after the one. Come on, it's not just about us coming and having a social club and just being tickled and and, and just having a great time and enjoying life. Thank God that's what church does. 
But our focus is always going to be on the one that is still lost, the one in your family that's still lost, the one in your community that's still lost, the one at your workplace that's still lost. And we're going to do everything that we can. And you can help us. How? By creating the space in your life. Because as you create space in your life, and God will fill you in a greater way, you'll impact and touch more people. As we create the space here, we know we're setting the atmosphere for God to touch lives. And remember this, God will fill whatever we give him. And we're making it count for eternity. Here's what I want to do today. I just really felt led to do this. I'm going to do a different appeal today. I'm not going to ask people who need to be saved today. I'm not going to pray with those who need to be saved today. I'm not going to call people to the front and pray with you for needs in your life. Because here's what I feel that we need to do today as we start the year. I want every one of us to pray our own prayer. I want every one of us to find a place to pray. If you are able, here's what I want. I want and would ask that everyone who possibly can and you're able is to get down on your knees and turn around right where you're at in your chair. If you can't, just bow your head. But I want in a few moments every one of us to get on our knees or to get in a place of prayer. And here's what I want us to do. I want us to examine our life and say, God, what are the weights and the sins of my life? What are the areas? What are the things that, God, I need to repent of, that I need to give? What is the space that is taking up, that God is taking away from you? That, God, I want to empty of my life so you can fill me. Can we just find a place to pray all over this place? Come on, if you want to come to the altar and kneel, you can do that if there's not room around you. But come on, if your life is not right with God, a great place to start is what by repenting and giving your life to Christ. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.